Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As soon as it hit back of the net, you know, it was everything that you dream of, you know, playing for England, most importantly, you know, to, to represent your country, especially in a World Cup. It was just an unbelievable feeling. You can't write anybody off, especially H. How can anybody write him off? It just baffles me, really. <laughs> no, it baffles me. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, everybody gets injured, you know. It's part of football. It's unbelievable. His it's, it's physicality, you know, how he breaks up play. Technically, he's, he's got everything. I he's got everything. No disrespect to Arsenal. Well, I didn't feel like that was our main derby. I felt like Chelsea were. The Arsenal fans are not going to be happy. <laughs> Which isn't happy, he's a gooner. <laughs> you don't want to see a player like Musa leave, especially in January. <clears throat> mm. Unless there was something, behind that I don't know, that he needed to leave or whatever. I, I honestly don't know that. But for me, it didn't make sense. Because he's the fine margins of winning you the Champions League final. That's how good he was. I'm happy you've asked this, really, because I've not had the opportunity to really say what I wanted to say. And, you know, obviously when I came to Atletico and, and I said what I said about the situation. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Beautiful Game podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Butch, joined by my faithful two co-conspirators, Dot and Dej. How's it going, boys? Yo, Boj, I'm good. How are you, bro? Very, very well indeed, man. Looking forward and excited to, the, um, to do this uh, interview. How about you, Dej? I'm doing blessed, bro. Been looking forward to this one. This one's been in the pipeline for a bit. Yeah. So it's good to get it, you know, across the line. And we're looking forward to chopping it up with one of the best deliverers of a set piece. A hundred percent. Now, before we introduce our special guest, I just need to remind you, um, if you're not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, it's the Beautiful Game Podcast into uh, our catalogue of interviews on Spotify as well. Now, um, as we already mentioned, uh, we are joined um, by a very, very special guest. He's a, a swashbuckling right back who we've seen go on a, a adventures up and down uh, the right flank in the Premier League. He's uh, an England international who's been capped 19 times and scored once. I'm sure... We'll all remember that moment that he captured the imagination of the nation. 
dead us to uh, dared us to believe that the World Cup was coming home <laughs> early on in that in that semi final against Croatia back in 2018. Around this time last year, I think it was last year, uh, he left the familiar and homely environment of North London to embark on a new quest over land and sea. His uh, journey took him to the Wanda Metropolitano Stadium in the heart of Madrid, where he became Atletico's first English player for 95. Ladies and gents, without further ado, we welcome Kieran Trippier to the platform. Welcome, 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 bro. welcome, welcome. Bro. Thank you. Good to be here, finally. Edge kick things off. Yeah, thank you very much, Kieran, for coming to the platform. Um, We feel it's probably very important to start off with um, some action that took place in the midweek at the Etihad Stadium involving, you know, two of your former clubs, Burnley. Um, We saw a right wing banner fly over the stadium, which as a black man, I'm not surprised because we've seen the Black Lives Matter movement try to get hijacked on a few occasions during this period. But as a former employee of the club, your former teammate, someone which you joined Burnley alone with, you know, he came out and he dealt with it like a proper captain. He spoke out, condemned the movement, disassociated himself with any of those sorts of behaviour. And thankfully, we've seen someone get prosecuted. Jake Heppel, you know, a 24-year-old, he's been processed and arrested. So what was your thoughts on the overall incident that took place at the Etihad? Yeah, I'd feel it's unacceptable. Um, from playing for Burnley for uh, I think just under five years, it's just not what the club's about. Um, just the whole club about it, the, the, the fans are there, uh, the players, the staff that were there, were unbelievable people, and it's just not what they're, they're like and individuals are as a club, as a collective. But I feel the way Ben uh, conducted himself, the way you know he came out straight away, spoke about the matter, um, and you know it, it was clear, uh, it was unacceptable. Um, in, in any industry, football, and, and no matter what, it's just unacceptable. Um, but I feel like we're making a real progress. Everyone has, has, has won, and I feel that's really important because everybody wants just everybody wants to kick out of the game. How do you feel? You know, um, Ben me handled the situation because again, the reporter, I think it was Patrick Davison, asked him, you know, to to talk about the game, and he said, you know what. I've got bigger things to talk about here. So w- what does that show about, you know, Ben Mee's character? No, I, I, like I said, I was with Ben at Man City um, from, I was like, nine-year-old. Uh, I grew up with Ben. And he's always been the captain from the youth age all the way to the reserves. Um, and now, obviously, the Burnley captain. And he was a great person on and off the field. Um, he's a real leader. And it's no surprise to me that's why he's the captain now at Burnley. But... Yeah, he's, he's a great person to have in the dressing room. Um, he's always there for somebody to speak to. Uh, he's always there for you on and off the field. And I've got huge respect for him. And and, and I'm guessing now everybody does for the, the way he handled the situation after the game in Man City because obviously it wasn't um, the result that they wanted. And, and like he said, the very first word, he's got a bigger thing to speak about. And, and I feel like that was very important. And I thought he handled himself very well. Yeah, we've seen the Black Lives Matter movement take hold of the world obviously since the George Floyd uh, murder by the policeman obviously you're playing in Spain now has there been any some you know sort of campaigns from the La Liga to maybe try to administer change across society yeah I think so um you know I've seen a few things I think it's you know you see in Italy now you see uh, I think it was Lukaku um he came out and you see numerous 
uh, incidents that has happened in Spain, in Italy, and I feel the Black Lives Matter campaign now is is you know making a huge progress. And you know you don't want to like for instance I was with with England playing against um, uh, Montenegro or Bulgaria. no it was maybe Bulgaria, okay, Bulgaria and that's the first real time I've experienced anything like racism in the game and it was horrendous um, but you know I thought we handled that perfectly you know as players we stopped the game we talked and we knew going into the game that we might come across these incidents and as a team uh, we all stuck together uh, stuck by each other as teammates and we wanted to you know uh, punish them on the field um, and we did that we certainly did that I think it was 6-0 um, but you know I think the protocols was was correct you know they stopped the game they, they made announcements uh, the fans got the fans who were making the they just got kicked out of the ground and like I said we wanted to, to punish them on the pitch and lastly how important you know do you think it is that you know fellow you know white professionals come out like a Ben Me and you know speak out about the Black Matters movement and support it how important is that for the game because we need everyone to support this movement not just black individuals no, no you don't and you know we, we are we are one you know there's there's no differences you know um and it is important, you know, Ben, great example. The way he spoke about the Mar, about the plane that went over the stadium. And and, um, and I feel like, you know, over the past few weeks, you have seen a massive progress um, in, in the Black Lives Matter. And, you know, and it just needs to, you know, it's, you need to kick it out of the game completely. You know, it's... And I think we will do that. I think we're making great strides and great progress. And the, 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 the more we, we, we campaign, the more we do... Um, you know, everything in, in, in the place for the Black Lives Matter, I feel like it will only get better. Great stuff. Um, now, Kieran, what we typically like to do is we like to go uh, in chronological order through um, the career of a player um, and just get, you know, the, the, the whole timeline, uh, essentially, from start to finish. But on this occasion, yeah. I asked this question first, right? I alluded to it in the, uh, in the intro. And I just want you to take us back to that moment, right? You're at the World Cup. You're, you're playing in the semi-final against Croatia. That free, you, you know, this is something that's in your repertoire. You, you, you know, you're familiar with scoring uh, free, uh, set pieces in cup competitions, right? You've done it throughout your career. But obviously, this is on a completely different level and a different scale, right? So just take us back to that moment, that period of time. Like, what was going through your head when, when you saw that the ball hit the back of that net? What thinking um what was the emotion like am amongst all the players um well to be fair you know obviously Youngie was a great set piece taker as well you know you could, you've got obviously Trent um there's loads of players that can take free kicks in in, in the side but in that moment I just answered um you know because I was hitting I was hitting free kicks well in training um doing set pieces before games and before that particular game I, I hit one and it went in and I just fancied myself you just know as a, as a play as a player if you fancy something and yeah, as soon as it hit back of the net, you know, it was, you know, it's everything that you dream of, you know, playing for England, most importantly, you know, to, to represent your country, especially in a World Cup. Um, it was just an unbelievable feeling, but obviously uh, the result didn't go our way in the end. But, you know, the most important thing as a team, um, I feel like the nation and the players connected again, which is important, um, and, you know, before the tournament was written off, people were saying, you know, there's no experience, this, that, and the other. The, you know, there's a lot of too many youth and, 
And, but we, we didn't listen to that. You know, we knew how good we are as a team and we do have winners in the team. You look, there's Premier League winners, Champions League winners. Uh, it might be a young team, but it's certainly, you know, for the future, uh, you know, England will be some force. Yeah, so like if we could just, you know, go to the beginning of your career. Obviously, you started at Manchester City and during the time you were breaking through, Man City was starting to splash the cash I know there was like Micah Richards ahead of you, Zabaleta, they brought Boateng and, and stuff like that. So obviously you made a, a loan move to Barnsley and Burnley. Was that a decision made by you or did the club sort of approach you and say, Kieran, you know what, we're going to be investing heavily in this area of the pitch. We believe it's in your better interest if you maybe look for opportunities elsewhere. No, you know what, it wasn't, you know, the club didn't really mention anything to me back then. I was only young at the time anyway, you know, it was just a privilege to, to play with the players I was with at the time. Um, you know, Mark Hughes were really good for me. You know, I used to travel with the first team uh, pre-season and stuff. But I was starting to change when uh, Mancini came in. Um, mm-hmm. It's understandable, you know, they get this money. Um, and yeah, right, they slowly start spending it. Um, but yeah, it was difficult because obviously, like you said, you had Micah, who was, you know, quality player. And uh, Zabaleta, who was, you know, unbelievable. Um, so it was difficult. I knew it was going to be difficult. I had other people, you know, like Reese Wabara, um, um, you know, there's a few other right backs as well. So there was about four in the reserves at the time. So I just thought, you know, go out there, you know, get the experience and go to Barnsley. You know, I played maybe, I think maybe 60 games for them. And it was just a learning curve because I was so young at the time. I just wanted to, you know, play in the football league, experience it, you know, mature as a player. And then as soon as I got the taste of it, you know, I knew I, never, I knew I was never going to make it in Man City, especially with the money that they had. Um, and, you know, sometimes as a player, you know, you, you need to move on from like a big club like Man City. So, yeah, you had um, a spell at Barnsley. And then obviously in the summer of 2011, Eddie Howe, you know, brought you into Burnley. Yeah. Um, and from the outside looking in, um, I don't know Eddie, um, but... He's been a man that has always had a passing, attacking football philosophy. And to me, that almost like marries up with your game. So was it an easy decision to join him at Burnley? Yeah, it was. It's only like 10 minutes away from me. I was where I grew up. No, like I said, it was a, I had the taste of the championship. Um, and then, yeah, as soon as I went back to pre-season at Man City, I wanted to get out again and play, play games, play as many as I could because I was enjoying it and that's the most important thing. And when I had the opportunity to go to Burnley, I knew a couple of players there anyway. I've you know, got quite a lot of mates from Burnley. So it was a no-brainer for me in that situation that I was in. Um, and, yeah, when the opportunity come to, to sign permanently, you know, sometimes you need to take that back step to try and, you know, as a Man City, you know, some players made you know to try and break through or, or whatever the situation was but I wanted to take that you know come down a level and you know try and get my career going oh, well, just following up from um, Dot's question there Kieran um, you know he obviously spoke about the fact that you know your game married up the philosophy that um, Eddie Howe wanted to sort of uh, implement and I, would, I just just wanted to look at it from a, a more uh, wider scale and a macro um, uh, level. So you are by um, trade a fullback, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, a, a huge part of your game is getting forward, whipping the ball in, um, and, and and your your um, your contribution uh, f- from an attacking sense, right? 
and we've seen also that this is gradually become more and more of of uh, of an importance in 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 the, the way that teams play in this day and age right and it's almost like the age of the 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 fullbacks who are purely defensive and, and defensive minded first is kind of gone i guess we wanted to just get your 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 views on that is it is 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 that definitely the case and and, and now it's 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 more so about what you can offer going forward than than it is uh, from a defensive perspective as a fullback. Yeah, if you if you look, you know, many years ago, you, like you got Gary Neville, for instance. You know, he was great going forward, by the way. But it, around about that area, you know, it was more. I, I don't feel the fullbacks got forward as much as now. You look now, you've got. I think it was probably Alves who probably started the the trend off really. Danny Alves. You got you've got him. Then you've got obviously Trent Walks myself. You know, you've got Munier, there's just so many fullbacks, Robertson, who go forward now. So I feel like some teams, the way they play, like uh, Liverpool, you know, the most creative players are probably, you know, Trent and Robinson. So I feel like now, I feel like in, in this time now, I feel like the, the fullbacks, you know, are just flying and bombing on. But obviously, you need to do the defensive side, which I learned here, most importantly, because Atletico is, is like this. <laughs> But, um, oh, Cholo. <laughs> I, feel like, um, I feel like, yeah, these days now, you know, fullbacks are, are flying now. You like, you see in the Premier League, the, every single fullback are always bombing on Chile. You got Chilwell, you know, yeah. I could name so many. Max Aaron is coming through now. So, mm. so many, you know, good fullbacks now. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible, really. So, in 2012, obviously, um, Sean Dyche um, became the manager of Burnley. Um, and for me, it's interesting because you went from, I would say, an attacking manager to now a manager that, you know, is pragmatic and he sets his team up to be defensively sound. So what was the differences between the two managers? Well, you, you, like you said before, the way Eddie Howe play, you know, he, he likes to play out from the back. And sometimes when you do this, um, you can cause your own problems. And, you know, we were scoring four or five goals, but conceding three at the same time. And You know what I mean? And... Sometimes all games were four four, and I think Sean Dyche when he arrived, like no disrespect to Eddie Howe, but I feel like he really, you know, sorted that out. The, 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 he knew he was conceding too many goals. I think we nearly got relegated that year when Eddie Howe left. I think we beat Wolves to stay up, so that was important. And then, um, yeah, they're both two two different managers. Um, Sean Dyche has got a great philosophy of what he's built at the club now for them. I think it's nearly eight years now. So, uh, but you know. Sean Dice does play attacking football, but, you know, they keep their unit hard to beat, like everybody knows. Um, but, yeah, I did like playing uh, Eddie Al style as well, you know, because obviously he gave me the license to go forward as much as I could. Yeah, there's obviously rumours now um, surrounding Sean Dice's future. Apparently, there's been rows between him and um, Mike Garlick. Um, how important is it for Burnley to keep hold of Sean Dice? Because... In my opinion, this is one of the best England managers, in my opinion. I think he can make that next step up to European honours. So, what's your view on the whole situation regarding Sean Dyche? Well, he's been there eight years now, and I think the five years I was there, he had never had one argument with the chairman. So, I think, you know, one argument in eight years is not too bad. (laughs) (laughs) So... No, but, you know, the, the gaffer there is, you know, like I said, from what he's built, got him into the Europa League. You know, you look at the net spend uh, compared to all the Premier League, even there's to Villa who got promoted. It's no way near. And I feel like it, with, the, with the funds he's had and 
I think he's done an unbelievable job uh, to keep him in the Premier League now. I think it's four years on the on the bounce. Like the year we got promoted to the Premier League, he only, I think we only spent like six hundred thousand. Mm. You know, uh, we've got some free signings. We got, got promoted, so you know he's he's done an unbelievable job there, um, and he, he deserves all the credit. But the situation with him and, and Mike, uh, Mike Garlic, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I speak to him on a regular basis, but we don't talk about stuff like that. It's mm. just general chat, really. But no, I feel like the media are probably blowing it up as as what it actually is. You know, obviously. You see people with the contract situations there, but you know, is 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 you know experienced enough to deal with these situations when when they come and you know from getting beat six nil against the uh, city and then all this rumours coming out and to bounce back like they did against Watford and win one nil it just shows the character of himself and the team. Trips and last one on Daichi. Um, it seems like for me there's been a glass ceiling for him because he's done an amazing job at Burnley. And to be honest, he's never been linked with the top jobs. And I recall him, you know, coming out quite a while back saying that if I told my players to run around the training pitch four times, I'll, be get, I'll get called a dinosaur. But if it's a Jurgen Klopp, they'll be called a genius. Why do you think Dyche hasn't had, you know, opportunities at the very, very top level? I'm not too sure. Um, I feel like they deserve it, you know. You, I feel like what he's done there and what he's shown he can do. Um, you know, I feel like he can manage at the top. But it's just luck, waiting at the right time, what's available. I, I, I couldn't tell you. But with these top clubs, you know, they probably look for someone who's managed at the highest level. Um, so, so sometimes it can be difficult, especially for English managers. You know, you look at what Job Wilder's done as well. Chris Wilder, unbelievable. You know, Eddie Howe as well, like I said. And, you know... It's difficult for me to really comment on that because for me, I think he, no disrespect to Burnley because I love the club, you know. Um, I think he can go all the way to the top. But it's timing, um, obviously what's available, what's not available. There's loads of things that can get in the way. Now, obviously, um, <clears throat> looking back at your time at Burnley, Kieran, it was, it was uh, largely a successful one. You were ever present in that team. Um, you were named in the championship PFA team of the year, two consecutive seasons. You obviously um, secured promotion in 2014 with, with, with them as well. Um, and then a year later, you, um, you're, you're getting signed um, by, uh, by Spurs. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to ask you what your, um, what your, your thought was at that point in time, because obviously you started off at city. Yeah. Was it, was it, in, in terms of your, your, your mentality at that point in time, was it, yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm good enough to play at this level. I, 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 this, is, this is absolutely my level. This is where I should be. Or were you looking at it like, wow, like I've, 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 I've done such, such, you know, um, such a good job at Burnley. We've, we've, we've moved forward and now this is like the, the next step for me. Like it's, it's more mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it, excitement at, at, at what the, the future has to, to, to offer. Yeah, well, obviously, when we got promoted, I only had a year left on my contract. Um, and then I could have left on a free the year after. I could have played a year in the Prem and left on a free. But I didn't feel that was right. If that, you know what I mean? I felt like I needed to sign me a contract, but then I got a release clause for um, three and a half mil, um, you know, if, if we got relegated. But yeah, I feel like, because I had, I had the taste of the Premier League playing every single game, I felt like, you know... I felt comfortable. I felt good at that level. But then when a team like Tottenham comes in for you, 
you know, it's, it's hard to say no. Um, even though I knew Walks was there at the time, um, I felt like I needed to take that next step and stay as high as I can for as long as I can because you, you want to play at the highest level. And then I made the move to Tottenham, which, you know, um, like I said, you can't turn Tottenham down. Um, and I knew it was going to be difficult um, going there. Yes, as you mentioned, you made that move to Tottenham, obviously under Mauricio Pochettino, who had a very, very successful um, spell at the club. So how would you analyse those first few seasons? Because on the outside looking in, that first season was about adjusting, you know, to the, to the yeah, level. Yeah. You know, you were understudy toward, you know, to Kyle Walker. Mm-hmm. Then the following season, you sort of made your mark and played more games. But I want to dial into that first season because obviously the club embarked on an unexpected title charge. So how was it being part of that setup? you know, last eight games of the season, five points behind. So you were in there. So how yeah. was that set up? No, no, it was good. You know, obviously I knew, like I said before, it was going to be difficult to, um, to you know, to, to be a regular, especially in my first season, because, you know, Walks is a you know, world-class player and I knew it was going to be difficult, but it's just about waiting for your time. It took me about 14, 15 months, but it was a learning curve for me at first. But like you said, yeah, that's first season. We was very close. Um, yeah, it was tough to take really because I felt like the team was unbelievable all season. But it was just games. Leicester at home, I think it was at two uh, 0 I think the Beatles at home. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I remember one 0 I think Robert Uth maybe got both goals. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was it was tough to take because um, I felt like that year could have been our year, especially with the way we we played all season. I thought it was unbelievable. Um, so yeah, that that was. It's still it's still tough to take now you almost feel like like you really could have won it because from the outside looking in I never thought Tottenham were going to win that that Premier League that season did you ever feel like you know what this is ours to lose no I didn't feel like we, we, we always believed you know going into every game because a white art lane it was a fortress then you know difficult for teams to come and play there and we felt strong we felt good you know, going into every single game and, you know, we weren't getting ahead of ourselves, but, you know, you've always, you've always got to believe you can win something and we did. But, you know, it's just the last five games of any season, if you're in a relegation battle, you know, prom- uh, promotion or going for a title, you know, there's going to be twists and turns and I feel like the Leicester game at home was the turning point and especially the the, the Chelsea game um, at uh, Stamford Bridge. I feel like that was just Carnage that game, if I'm honest with you. Carnage. Yeah, so talk us through that game. Like, what actually happened? Because from the outside looking in, it looked like a case of head loss. Like, the players completely lost the plot. <laughs> it's just one of them. You know, you can see it slipping away from you. And Chelsea Tottenham's always a battle anyway, no matter if it's a friendly or whatever it is. Um, but I just feel like that game, like, you see the tackles, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody got sent off that game. I'm honest with you. <laughs> um, but you know, it's a derby. And I think it was Hazard who, who got the winning goal. And then from then on, you, kn- you knew it was slipping away from you. It weren't about hurting anybody. It was just just letting them know that you're there, really. Do you know what, Kieran? I wanted to ask you about um, your relationship with with Carl Walker, right? So we're, 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 we've all played to some degree, right? Yeah. And- you're going to a new team. 
there's there's that feeling right that whoever's whoever whoever you're challenging for a certain position like there's a bit of a there's a bit of friction right naturally because you know you're coming in um that person is established in the team and whatnot and it's like it, there's 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 obviously a, a degree of of competition now you mentioned that when you were going to to, to spurs that you knew that you know you you had stiff competition in in um uh in in car walker but it was an opportunity that you couldn't sort of uh, pass up. Yeah, yeah. So, off the field, what was what was your relationship like? What did did, did you guys have? Yeah, a, artery, was it was it was it was it very competitive in training? What was it? I, I know what you're saying in the sense of when you go to a new club, um, and and there is that competition and how you both communicate with each other. But I knew walks far if I went Tottenham. You know, I can remember playing Tottenham at, um, at Burnley and. Um, he mentioned to me that the manager really likes you. You know what I mean? So, but we've always had a good relationship. Even mm-hmm. if I play, or the first year I knew I wasn't going to play many games because Walks was, you know, flying. You know, I knew it was going to be difficult. I played the, the odd Europa League game, you know, I think I'm maybe not 10 games that season, nine games in the Prem. So I, I knew I'd start to wait for my time. Um, but now, nah, me and Walks have a great relationship, you know, for England, for, for Tottenham. Um, you know, we used to go out with each other for dinner and a few other boys. Um, so the, it's easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, we had a great relationship because people might not believe me, do you know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. yeah, genuinely do have a, like a really good relationship. Even when he was playing for 15 games on the bounce or whatever, you know, he didn't see me complaining. You know, I just got on with it. Um, but no, I, I have nothing bad to say about what well, we have a great relationship. And even when we was with England, we with each other the most, me and Walks. So, yeah, just nothing but respect for him. Take us through, you know, your your final season at Tottenham, that, you know, historic um, Champions League run that, you know, culminated in a near miss as um, Liverpool were crowned, you know, European champions for the sixth time. But, like, what is your feeling towards that season? Because, again, as a fan, I saw a Tottenham team unravelling personally. And I think that fan was the end of this Tottenham, you know, golden period. What, what was yeah. your feeling? Well, I had, personally I had mixed emotions through, throughout the throughout the season. You know, um, you know, injuries played a massive part. I, I'm, I'm not one of players or people to use any excuses, but you see, Christmas time now when I had surgery, I needed that. La- I needed that at Tottenham. You know, I told them that I needed my, I needed surgery. Um, because it was just getting to a point where it was, you know, I, I could have been less selfish playing wise, you know, because we had Serge there, we had Kyle Walker Peters, two great right backs, but I can't help it if I'm getting picked majority of the games, you know. So, but maybe, you know, I should have been more professional, took a step back and just said, listen, like, you know, I was playing at probably some games at 65, 70%, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And maybe, you know, I should have took a step back. You know, if it happened now, I definitely would. But because of such big games, you know, you've got your cities away, Champions League, you've got Ajax in the Champions League, you know, you, whoever. You, you want to play in these games, but looking back now, I probably suffered more after, if you know, through playing when I should have just took a step back. But yeah, you know, your ups and downs, you know, like I said, as a footballer, you, you hear all kinds of stuff in football, you know, rumours, maybe, you know, your time's coming to an end four months before, but 
you know, things happened. Um, I heard a lot of stuff and, you know, maybe I knew deep down that my time was, was maybe you know, time for a change. But for me personally, I feel like, you know, selling Moussa Dembele for me, and you can ask anybody who's played with him is the best player I've ever played with. Wow. For me, he like, you just can't replace him. You can't replace Moussa Dembele. And we saw him in, I think it was January. You, you don't know with his situation. I can't comment that. Maybe he wanted to go. I, I don't. I'm not too sure. But you know, I personally feel like we, if we kept him for that extra five months, whatever it was, and let him go on a free in the summer, we would have would have done a lot, lot better. Especially, you know, I think we would, I think we would have won the final did, if he was in. Did you guys ever believe that you were going to win the Champions League final? And how was like the dressing room after the game? And not necessarily the players, but the coaching staff, um, you know, Maurizio Pochettino, Jesus Perez, uh, Miguel D'Agostino, and Antonio um, Jimenez. How was the staff? Were they like, you know what, we've missed out, but I've achieved my goals, or were they disappointed? No, obviously everybody were frustrated and disappointed, especially how the game started, which, you know, the penalty incident, even to this day, like, I... I me personally, I'm going to say it, but I don't think it was a penalty, like, because Sissoko can't do anything there, you know. He's, I think he's just pointing. He's not deliberately put his arm out. So I feel like that was very harsh. It would have been a totally different game, which everyone can understand if they didn't, score, if they didn't get that penalty. But no, I've, I've, yeah, we, we believed that we can win the final. We had a, you know, individually, if you look, look on paper, we, we, we had a quality team. You know, Moore back than Atrick. We had Harry Kane who came back, who can score any, any time in a game. You know, Delhi, I go through the whole team. We always believe, but obviously frustrated that we didn't get, we didn't win it. You know, the best team won on the day then, I guess. And, um, and yeah, we, we just had to move on quickly. Yeah, so I wanted to dial in to a few of your teammates. Obviously, Harry Kane, he's yeah. a man that's come under a lot of criticism lately. People are saying that he's hit a physical plateau and we're not going to see any better of Harry Kane. Being a teammate of his... What do you make of that criticism? And do you still think there's much more in his arsenal that can take his game to the next level? Because we've seen him have, you know, nasty ankle injuries. He just recently come back from a grade two hamstring injury as well, which takes a lot physically out of you. And there was also reports saying that Mauricio Pochettino was telling Harry to run less, to lessen his workload. Were you privy to any sort of discussion in the dressing room about that? No, no, I wasn't. Um, not at all. But... It- it does knowing that people are saying that about H because, you know, I'll give you a great example. People saying people saying about his injuries and and this that and the other. But the prime example, Danny Ings, who I used to play with at Southampton, I think he's had four ACL injuries. Mm. You know what I mean? And you look at him now; it's flying. So you can't write you can't write anybody off, especially H. You can, how can anybody write him off? It's in, it just baffles me really. <laughs> No, it baffles me. Like, you know, people saying, yeah, everybody gets injured, you know. It's part of football. Yeah. But it's just, you know, media and that, it's just laughable that anybody can write H off. No matter, he can play at 50% and still, still, still score goals. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's the best finisher I've seen. Probably, yeah, him and Jermaine Defoe in training. But, no, H, H is unbelievable. He's the best pro I've ever come across. You know, doesn't drink, top professional on and off the field, does everything right. He'll score goals no matter where he is. So I have no concern about what people say about him. He's a top pro. 
Yeah, so Kieran, I wanted to maybe talk a bit about your um, departure from the club. There were sort of like mixed messages when you left. Obviously, I think you felt a bit aggrieved against, obviously, Daniel Levy and Mauricio Pochettino. And hearing from Pochettino, he says you knocked on the door, asking to leave. So what actually happened in that situation? And what's your relationship with um, Pochettino like now? No, like I said, I've not really spoken to him since I left Tottenham, but... No, I've got a lot to thank him for. You know, I'm not going to... I've never once bad-mouthed him. I just told how it was, you know. Tottenham can say, or whoever, what they want to say. But, yeah, I did knock on his door and I said, I have an opportunity to go to Atletico Madrid. If I'm part of your plans, then I'll stay. He didn't give me a yes and he didn't give me a no in his office. So, as a player, you think, oh, okay, no problem. But then I went to the chairman and told him the exact same, you know. I had a conversation with the manager. I said, I'm a part of your plans. If I am, no problem. But I have a great opportunity to go out to Atletico Madrid. But going back to what I said before, in probably March, April, I heard of you know, people who I trust that they tried to you know, offload me, you know, offering me to clubs. So I was like, okay. Like I said, I was, coming, I was going through a lot, you know, injuries and then knowing that, that you're playing for, you're hearing that they're trying to sell you. So... You know, you're getting mixed messages. So then, you know, you think, okay, no problem. If I, if I play, you know, I'll do my best. But then you got to look at things at the end of the season. And that's where I pulled the manager in the preseason and said, I'm a part of your plans. And he didn't give me a yeah, he didn't give me a no. Basically, always said, if you need any help, then I'll help you. So that's the truth. Do you feel sort of disrespected in any way? Because when I speak to a lot of Tottenham fans, they sort of say, you know what, we could do with trick. It's right. I remember maybe your last season off the back of a World Cup, you know, it's physically and mentally draining. Maybe there were some performances that you might have done better. I remember against Manchester City at Wembley, people were saying, you know, Raheem Sterling, you know, beat you too easily and and stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah, so what do you make of that sort of criticism? No, you you take it, you know. I'm, I'm, you know, I played a lot of games that, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm an experienced player now, and you know it, it doesn't really it doesn't really bother me. You know everybody's entitled to their own opinion. You know fans they pay all the money. If they want to criticize a player, they can criticize a player. But I know deep down, I, I know myself. You know after every game, you know I always speak to my brother because he comes to the games. You know how how did you think it? You know what I mean? And he tells me we didn't play the best today. And I know at Man City away, um, at Man City at home, I'm possibly away. There was, there was numerous games last season, probably about 12, 15 games where I didn't play well. It's not I like I weren't trying. Against, well, I think a game against Liverpool as well where I think Gary Neville... Yeah, was home. Yeah, 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 yeah. The 2-1 yeah, yeah, yeah. game, was it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was Man United where, you know, I tried to play a ball inside and uh, Pogba played Marcus for in the squad and they 1-1, no. So, you know, there's, there's loads of games I can criticise myself on for my last year at Tottenham. Um... You know, I'm the first to admit when I've not done well. I even came out numerous times and said it's not been good enough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's bad by being honest, you know. Um, I'm an honest person. I'm an honest player. I know when I've not done well and I'll take it on the chin, all the criticism, if I'm not performing. That's just the way I am. And obviously at, 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 at uh, that time, so at the end of your, your, your time at Spurs, you obviously, like you mentioned, were hearing uh, rumours of, of um, Atletico being interested. Um, I, I imagine at that time as well, there must have been uh, clubs domestically that would have been sniffing and asking. So I, I, I guess I really wanted to ask 
you what you like, what what was it that sealed the deal for you? Because this is a it's a huge it's a huge um, move. Right. It's, it's not only a, a big and illustrious club, but it's 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 moving abroad. Yeah. It's a, a shift in culture. It's the fact that you're going to be um, having to uh, adjust and settle in, and and potentially this is like you're you're in you're in the um you're the prime of your career. So this is like the the, the biggest perhaps the biggest contract that you're going to sign now, right? So with all of those things considered. Hopefully not. <laughs> oh, kill me off, yeah. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I'm all joking. But yeah, so, so what was so what was what was what was going through your mind at that time? What what sealed the deal for you? Um, well, obviously, um, I've always said I'd like to play abroad. You know, I didn't know when it would be. I didn't think it would be this soon. But um, yeah, no, it's difficult because you know. At the, at the time, there were, in England, there wasn't um, many clubs that needed a right back. So obviously there was a situation with um, the Man United one before Juan Bissaka went. Mm. Uh, so there was rumours there. But was there any contact or? No, there weren't no contact. It was just rumours, you know. You, you, you know what football's like. There's loads of rumours. But um, there was about four or five other clubs abroad, Italy. Uh, Napoli was being rumoured as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Napoli. Um, yeah, that that was very strong, that one. But um, my, I don't think my, my family would have settled there, my wife. Um, but yeah, you know, I had a, I was, I had a few I had a few clubs abroad, maybe four or five. Um, not many in England. Um, there was maybe a couple, but not. I don't feel like... You know, I needed to play. I knew because I wasn't in the Nations League that year as well after the Champions League with England. You know, I spoke with Gareth and that, and you know, I knew I needed to play as high as I could for the, you know, the, try and get a very good club to stay in and around the England team for as long as I can. Because, like you said, I named the right backs before. You know, it's, it's like seven right backs. So, and like you're saying about the culture and everything, yeah, it's, you know. I'm, you know, I'm surprised more English players have not done it. You see some now, you know, you see Junge who's done it now, you know. You see Smalling, uh, obviously Sanch, who's a, it's in Germany now. But, you know, obviously it's people in the media were saying, you know, playing for Diego Simeone's side and, you know, he can get lost playing abroad. You know, that's people's opinions, like I said before. You know, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me going abroad and testing myself and chucking myself in the deep end. You know, I didn't know any Spanish um, or anything like that. I didn't know how the life would be. But I'm there now. I'm loving it. And I was ready for the challenge. And so was my family. My kids, they're all settled. So, yeah, it was just, you know, trick yourself in the deep end. Why not? You know, play for Atletico Madrid, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, you know, and try and catch Gareth's eye again. Um, and my main, uh, my main objective was to get back in the England side. That's all I thought about, and it really hurt me that I weren't in the in the Nations League. But like I said, I understand because my performances weren't up to scratch. That's I just... think that's no, I think that's the perfect segue into the question I was actually going to ask you, um, Kieran. How big of a club is Atletico Madrid? Because in England, again, I'm just a normal fan. I see them as like Real Madrid's little brother. Like, do we underestimate the the largeness of the club? Because this yeah. is a club that was, you know, made before Real Madrid. And, you know, they're steeped in history. They've won the league. So how big of a club is Atleti Madrid? 
it's huge, you know, um, yeah, massive. Um, you know, you see the, in the in the in the recent years, especially with um, Diego Simeone, the, the finals have been to the the expectation. The one thing I've realised this season um, is the expectation of uh, finishing uh, high as possible in the league for the Champions League, um, and the whole mentality of the whole group is totally different to England in the sense of the, the starting from the manager to the players, the way they, they prepare. Um, it's, it's hard to explain. It's just completely different, completely different. Um, and it's a challenge. Every day is a challenge for me out here. Um, you know, obviously people don't really think about things like, you know, even in meetings, you know, you don't really understand Spanish and this is constant every single day. And it's just trying to adapt as quickly as possible. And, you know, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. Yeah, so I just wanted to dial into, you know, El Cholo, you know, Diego Simeone and his assistant, you know, Burgos as well. From the outside looking in, they're an intense lot, you know, well-drilled, organised. Yeah. We see every single game. He's barking out instructions, go there, don't do this, waving the crowd on, you know. How is it like playing for Diego Simeone? Yeah, you know, I thought Tottenham were brutal, the training sessions and stuff, yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh-huh. took it to a whole new level. You know, I thought I could come and relax in the sunshine, but no, nah, none of that. <laughs> none of that. Nah, but um, yeah, you know, um, unbelievable, the, the manager and the demands he has in training. The way you see him on the touchline is, is exactly what he's like in training. And that's, honestly, there's, there's no, he's not doing it for the cameras or anything like that. Even before games, you know, he's, always thinking he's always just walking up and down for about 45 minutes just walking up and down no lie just thinking 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 he takes everything in training tactical everything but does he join in as well because he still looks lean like like he can play you know he's big (laughs) he's he's big like um he doesn't join in 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 any of the sessions but that's another reason why i came here you know but that's just how he is in training um his his demands are so high off his players, um, you know, if you're not training well, yeah, it, it makes you know, you know, you need to, you know what I mean? So, uh, this is going off what we were saying before, why I came, another reason why I came, because I needed to, I knew I needed to improve on my defending. Uh, that's, you know, that, that, that was shown the last year I was at Spurs and, you know, um, there's no better club manager to work under and, you know, he, he improves me every single day individually and as a group. And, um, you know, looking back, you know, it would have been good maybe to come out here earlier if I had the opportunity. To. Wow. You know what, um, Kieran, you, you mentioned a bit earlier on that um, Moussa Dembele is the best player that you've, um, you've, you've played with, right? Go, yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to ask is how does um, one of your teammates currently stack up in terms of, the, the best players that you or best midfielders that you've played with, um, and that is uh, a certain Thomas Party. What a player! Big player. Yeah. We all watch. Uh, we all we all um, read the, the 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 transfer rumors and 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 all of that sort of stuff. And of course, in recent weeks, he's been linked with a move away from the club. Um, so I guess first and foremost, I wanted to ask you know where where he ranks and and how how, how good is he? And and two, do do you see him potentially? 
um, uh, uh, you know, making a move over to the Premier League in, in, in the near future? Yeah, Thomas is, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really, uh, I've seen him play, obviously, for Atletico, but I didn't realise, you know, how good he is. Um, you know, it's unbelievable, his, his, his physicality, you know, how he breaks up play. You know, he's technically, he's, he's got everything. I can't, he's got everything. Um, yeah, he, he ranks as one of the you know best midfielders I play with. But Musa is Musa's Musa. He's on a <laughs> <laughs> he's on a planet. That guy, even in trading, he's just in cruise control. Um, ask anybody who's played with him; they'll say Musa Dembele. Uh, that's how good he was, honestly, of Freiman. Well, Thomas, you know, is you know he's still very young, very young player. Um, you know, everybody loves him out here. Um, but going to the Premier League one day, you know, who knows? Um, obviously, I want him to stay here because he's, you know, he's a, val- a, a, a valuable member to our team. But, you know, I, I feel like he, he speaks perfect English, mm. very good English. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think he'd have a problem with, with the Premier League. No Has he asked you about the Premier League, by the way? <laughs> Not really. You know, obviously... Everybody watching the Premier League, you know, even out here, you know, we watch games. It gives me a good opportunity to watch nearly all the games out here now. But uh, no, he, they just ask what's it like, you know, the, the style of play a uh, few players have. It doesn't mean that they're leaving, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, saying. of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, they just ask um, You know, what about certain, about certain players who play in the league, um, what, what it's like? And I just say, the Premier League's the Premier League. Is, <laughs> It is one of the best leagues in the world, and um, yeah, but Thomas, he'll fit in perfectly in the Premier League. Moving on, obviously, um, Atletico Madrid, um, you know, drew Liverpool in the Champions League, and you know, Diego Simeone's, you know, knocked out Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Um, was that almost like redemption for you personally? Not really, because I don't, you know. We got beat in the final. That was so. I don't like just because we got Liverpool in the Champions League. Oh, I really want to beat these because they beat me in the final. You know, it just wasn't meant to be for us on the day. Liverpool, Liverpool's a better team, and they won. Um, so yeah, obviously when we got Tamfield. Sorry, the first game. Obviously, I had my surgery. I had my uh, nerves caught on both sides, so I wasn't yeah. available. But we knew it was going to be, you know, uh, and when we got the one nil lead, you know. Was hoping for one or two more because you know I, I know Anfield is yeah. a tough place to go to. But, <laughs> you know, we, we thought if we could have got one more, it, it, even two. You know, you look what they did to Barcelona. But you know, Barcelona. Um, I don't think. I think because they were free love, it changes sometimes as players. It might change your mindset going into that game. But I think they went in for a real shock going to Anfield. But you know, I, I was speaking to some of the players like, listen, like this is a tough place to come, this, like, the fans, you know, even before the game, you know, you see how crazy the Liverpool fans are outside, you know, welcoming the team in. But um, we knew we couldn't go there and play the way we played at home, you know, trying to attack early and get the early goal because, you know, I said it in the media and I, I think I might have got a bit of criticism for it, but let's be honest, you can't go toe-for-toe toe for Liverpool at Anfield. Mm. Kieran, what, what is it about Anfield? Because so many players say Anfield and us as fans, this, we just I think, what does say, that mean? Yeah, I'd probably say Anfield is his place to play in the Premier League, just in the sense of 
you know, when you, when you play certain other teams at home, at their place, you know, they don't press you as much. Um, but you, you look at Liverpool, home or away, really, it doesn't really matter to them because they're, they're fantastic at it. Especially at home, the way they press as a team, they don't even give you a second. And I, don't, and I feel sometimes like when you misplace a pass or you, you get criticism for it, for it as a player sometimes when you play at the highest level and play against teams like Liverpool, but if they was you and they realise as soon as you get it, Mane's there or whoever, you know what I mean, or Henderson's there. Yeah, yeah. No time on the ball at all. Um, so it, it, is, it is difficult and, you know, some players when they don't play well, I don't, I don't feel like sometimes people don't realise, you know, how intense or fast it is, but, you know, they, they could have the argument, well, you are you professional footballers, you've been doing it all your life. So I under, there's arguments to everything, isn't there, really? So I understand everybody's opinion. But, yeah, when I was, when I was going to Anfield, I was telling the boys, like, this is a tough place to come to, this, like, and, and we knew we had to defend. That was a given. And like I said that after the, the game, like, what do you expect us to do? You know, come all out attack. We watched Bournemouth the game before when we played them. And they're trying to play out from the back. You can't do that at Anfield, you know. Oh, yeah, play on the city can do it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like even they struggle. Yeah, because you know, especially the way the front free press, they just set traps and bang, goal. Mm-hmm. Like they play Bournemouth and I think they scored three goals just off that. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. And I got criticism, I got criticized for it, but what do they expect us to do? Go toe for toe. We'll get beat 6 0, 7 0. Yeah, so as you mentioned, Kieran, obviously that took Jurgen Klopp's record of not getting defeated in any, you know, knockout tie. After the game. That. I didn't know that. Yeah, so. Um, do you think that game was a Simeone masterclass, or would you say that you got lucky? Because watching the game as a fan, at times it looked like Atletico on the ropes. Sort yeah. of like you're waiting to be put out of your misery sort of thing. Is like, I was playing in it. Yeah, so how did it feel? Talk us through it. Talk us through it. <laughs> like I said, it was difficult. It was, it was always going to be difficult going there one a lot. Um, we knew it was going to be under pressure for majority of the game, but it's just about, against Liverpool, you need to beat the first press. You know what I mean? But even behind that, you've got Hendo, you've, you've got Van Yaldum, you've got Fabinho. But yeah, it's... Um, it's, it's, it was difficult, but people were going on. Certain, some some commentators saying they don't see how there's a masterclass defending for 120 minutes. Yeah, okay. We counter we counter attack three times and scored three goals. It's a match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like again, there's different you know types of ways to win a match. You know. Do you know what? Like because the way we played, some people, some commentators are saying, well, yeah, you know. They, they expect you to play the Man City way, the Liverpool way. Do you know what I mean? But mm. teams don't have the players of David Silva and players like Kevin De Bruyne. And, you know what I mean? Like, n- not everybody can do it. Do you know what I mean? But we knew it was difficult. It was about keeping our shape, being composed at the right times and being ready to take the opportunities because you don't get many in that and, Anfield. And luckily for us that night, we certainly took our chances. We won the game. That's how football's about winning. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter how you win sometimes. You need to scrape results out. And, and, we, and we did that. So we're not complaining. We knew it was going to be difficult. And we was defending. We was on the ropes for ages. You see how many... I think they had about 18 chances. But they, they didn't, the difference is you've got to put your chances away. We, we probably had five chances, scored three. They had 18 and scored two. You know, <laughs> there's fair play. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was going to be difficult, but 
today we had to do what we had to do, and that's what good sides, good sides do. And you know, Atletico have done that over over years and years. Do you know what, Kieran? Just following on on from that, um, we of course recently have heard the news of 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 the the way that the Champions League is going to be is is going to resume and and the different format that it's now going to take um, in that sort of knockout World Cup style format. Has that confirmed that? To us, I, I don't really, I've not really heard. Much. I've heard that they're going to do something like this. Yeah, apparently, it's yeah, Lisbon place in Portugal. Yeah. Okay. So, 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 yeah. I mean, I really just wanted to get your your thoughts on that. Um, of course, it's 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 not the um, it's it, it's not what you know where where we're accustomed to and where we're, we're used to. It's it's a very different uh, format. But of course, I mean, for 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 you know. For the sake of, of of having football back, and and certainly in that kind of way, from a from a fan's perspective, it's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, being be, being in, in in involved in it, what 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 are your thoughts? Yeah, it's obviously it's after everything that's gone, uh, it's good to get football back, and you know, you see how buzz have been, even though the fans are not there, and it, it's not the same about fans, obviously. But um, it's good to have it back. But um, no, it's. Um, these are things that you've got to, have, you've got to over, you know, overcome when you when you football. Anything can happen in football, and situations like this, you know, it's understandable because of what's gone on. But you know, I don't know how to take it really. I think it is it one game in the quarters, one game in the semis. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's it, it is what it is. It's challenges. You know, you always gonna have challenges in football, and it'll be different. Um, but make no mistake, you know the. You see the teams that are in it, you know, all experienced, and you know, you know, we'll certainly be ready for it. Make no mistake about that. Whoever we get, and uh, um, we're just looking forward to you know finishing off the season strongly because it's you know it's been close this year. Um, We've had a few results that are uh, not going our way this season, and we just want to finish the season off strong and then uh, get prepared for the for the Champions League. you know, it's another good opportunity. Yeah, so how would you um, assess your season so far? Because usually we're used to seeing Atletico trying to break that stranglehold of Real Madrid and Barcelona. But this yeah. season, obviously Atletico have fallen short. You know, yeah. you've struggled to really score goals. And obviously you brought in a player, Yao Felix Sequeira from Benfica. You know, this yeah. boy is good. You know, he's been touted as a potential Ballon d'Or winner. How good is he? And do you see him reaching that level where, let's say, in the next five to ten years, he'll be competing with Mbappe for Ballon d'Or titles? Yeah, um, this season I think we signed maybe um, I think it might be seven players. So maybe like a, I don't want to say a rebuild, but you know, the sword, you know, Griezmann, Rodri, you know, uh, Godin left, and you know, big players over many years for Atletico. You know, it's big, big uh, characters you know, leaving the, the team. So, you know, th- 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 uh, this season was going to be challenging coming from someone who was coming in because there's so many players adapting to the new style uh, of the play. But, you know, um, we, we've done our best in every single game, but obviously I feel like next season will be the, you know, um, where to judge, should we say, because we've all had a full season to play with each other. And, yeah, Joao is a... Uh, yeah, special, special talent. Um, <clears throat> for how young he is, <clears throat> um, nice, special, incredible. Um, yeah, I think 
yeah, he'll reach the top. He's, he's a grounded lad, you know, he's a, a very good lad, professional for, for such a young age. Um, he's got all the talent in the world and yeah, I, I believe he'll, he'll, he'll reach the, the very, very, very top and he'll, he'll have a fantastic career. What a player, what a player. Trips, um, last one from me. Um, how do you compare the Madrid derby to the North London derby? <laughs> um, what's the bigger game what's the better game um, well I've got the f- um, there's so much so big out here the Madrid derby mm. but even do you know what though even when I when I was playing for Tottenham I felt like no disrespect to Arsenal but I didn't feel like that was our main derby I felt like Chelsea were the Arsenal fans are not going to be happy. <laughs> Which isn't happy, he's a gooner. <laughs> no, I just felt like, I, I don't know, just the the emotion probably. And don't get me wrong, the, the Tottenham Arsenal is huge, obviously to the fans, because, you know, it is what it is with them. Don't get me wrong. But as a player, I, I, I meant, not as fans, I felt like, as a player, I felt like, for me, and... I know for certain for a few of the other players, probably the Chelsea game was was a bigger game than that. Mm. But the Madrid derbies, the the pressure, you know, uh, before every single game, the, the president comes down and stuff, and you know, you don't see that in England. Um, just how family orientated it is in Spain is incredible. You know how they treat how, how they treated me, my my wife, my children. You know, I have full respect to everybody associated with a uh, let's go because they've made it it's just slot straight in it it's been perfect but oh, that's yeah. that's great um yeah final one from me trips um obviously Tottenham are in this transition period under Jose Mourinho he's been brought in to sort of turn Tottenham from the nearly men to winning titles whether that be the Premier League up Champions League do you think he's the man that would deliver it with the squad that he's got or do you think that Tottenham are too far behind the, the likes of Liverpool, Manchester City? No, but like I was saying, you look on paper, they've got a, got a quality team, Tottenham. Uh, I, feel, I feel like they, they brought the, the right manager in. He's a, he's, a, he's a natural winner, isn't he? You, know, you look at everywhere he's been, he's always won trophies. He's always found a way to win. Um, so I feel like, yeah, he's a perfect manager, of course. But the players, you know... You've got Deli Ali, you know, Harry Winks, who's an absolute baller as well. Brighton <laughs> 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 as well. Um, you know, you got. What about Ndombele? What's your. I've, I've not really. I've not played with him, but obviously I've seen him play. In, and from what I hear, he's unbelievable as well. Like, he's supposed to be frightening as well. But you, you look at the players that they've got. So they've, got they've got quality players. But. I just feel, for me, from, from the, like the little fine margins of winning something is for me is when we got, obviously when Musa left. That's my opinion. Wow. That, that's, that's just my opinion. As a player, you don't want to see a player like Musa leave, especially in January. <clears throat> mm. Unless there was something, I don't know, that he needed to leave or whatever. I, I honestly don't know that. But for me, which didn't make sense because he's the fine margins of winning in the Champions League final. Mm. That's how good he was. He could have three players around him giving the ball. That's you know, yeah. 
Like, <laughs> on the, the, the amount of, you know, respect that the players had for him. And to see a player like that leave in January when you're going through, you know, a difficult season, just for me personally, it didn't make sense. And that, that's just my opinion, you know. But I don't want to speak on any of the other players' thoughts on that, but that's just my opinion. And I'm being honest, like, you know, as soon as he goes, it's like a bloody hell, you know, like sapped out. You're like, you just lost Musa Dembele. But that's just my opinion. Uh, but maybe they are, uh, you know, it's a difficult period from uh, at the moment because I don't feel like with this the team they've got, they deserve to be where they are. But obviously they've missed H for so long, and he's a natural goal scorer. Obviously Sonny with the uh, military, I think he, he missed. Yeah, missed yeah, yeah. Um, obviously with the Olympics, um, but they've got a fantastic team, and you know they'll, they'll overcome. Like I said before, it's just about challenges. You know, you're going to go through periods like this, and. They'll come out on the other end for sure. Um, probably make no mistake about that. They've got a fantastic team and a, an unbelievable manager. Kieran, final, final question. Um, it's almost essentially going back to um, a question that um, Dej asked earlier. Um, so when, you know, knowing the, the, the Spurs fans that we know, when we, when we told them that we were going to um, ha- have, have a chat with you, unanimously the question was, Ask him what happened, like, and um, you know, why why was the move so abrupt and so on and so. I guess we wanted to just end by um, asking you to share a message to all Spurs fans because, of course, you were a fan favorite whilst you were at the. Um, and and for, for all of those who felt that they didn't they didn't have any closure and they, they were really confused at, at the move, what would what would your 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 final message be to them? Would you know what like. But when I left as well, so I'm, I'm happy you've asked this really because I've not had the opportunity to really say what I wanted to say. And, you know, obviously when I came to Let's Go and, and I said what I said about the situation, some, some Spurs fans I feel, you know, um, misread what I, what I said or maybe I didn't really say it correctly. But, you know, I feel like they felt disrespected in a way a little bit. But the, the, um, they don't know what you know, what I personally went through last year with, like I said, injuries and four or five months before the season ended, you know, the club don't want you. Um, and it's not nice, you know, playing for five, four months and knowing that a, t- that a club don't want you and stuff. It's just difficult, but that's what I heard anyway. So, but, you know, I thank the fans, you know, for, for welcoming me, most importantly, you know, they, they got behind me. Um, and it's just little things, you know, like, when you're playing and you hear booing and stuff, you know, it's just not nice, is it? You know, even off your own fans and stuff, like, it's just, I'm not saying they all did it. I'm just saying, you know, mm. as a footballer, you, you can hear people in the crowd, you know what I mean? Like taking a throw in or taking a corner and you're getting a few boos here and there and, and it's your own fans, you know what I mean? And obviously that worked nice and that didn't, you know, help my confidence. And I felt like that was a big factor in my last five months, I'd say. Because the first half of the season, I thought I'd done well. You know, I thought it started to go downhill probably from like, you know, late December. And that's when it started going, you know, bad for me. But just little things, you know, like, you know, like I said, getting booed, you know, um, hearing loads of rumours about, you know, the club, you know, moving on at the end of the season. So I'm thinking, all right, well, I need to sort my own career out. Then I need to think about maybe my next step when I do leave. And like I said before, injuries, I was struggling. So, no, obviously I've just got to say, you know, I thank all the t- Tottenham fan for, for welcoming me, you know, supporting me from 
was there. It wasn't like I was there one year. I was there like five years. You know what I mean? I had a good time there. I've got great memories there with, with Tottenham. But I just don't want the fans to feel like I disrespected them when I left with the comments that I made because I was speaking the truth. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, the, you know, to the fans why I did leave, you know, I went to the manager. I asked him, do you want me to stay? Because, you know, if he said to me there and then, yeah, you're part of my plans, I want you to stay. You know, I would have stayed because I, I, I had it from him. But then when, I don't know, I, I didn't get an answer off him when I, I asked him, do you want me to, I'm a part of your plans, do you want me to stay? And as soon as I didn't get a yes or a no, I knew my time was up then. So that's when I made the decision to leave, you know. Um, and that was it, really. I ain't got anything bad to say about the manager, you know. He's, he took my career to the next level. Um, so I got nothing bad to say about anybody there. It's just, it was just a little bit sour um, with a few people, that's all. Nothing from my part. Certainly nothing from my part. I you know, I would have stayed, like I said, many times, but things aren't meant to be, are they, in football? Football happens so quickly. It's a funny old game. Um, you hear rumours, you hear people talking, or you know people was talking, and you just know as a player, you, you know, your time's up. But to the fans, nothing but respect to them. Um, but I don't want them to feel disrespected with the comments that I made in pre-season when I was in on tour in America. They're just speaking the truth. I'm not going to lie about you know, something, I'm just going to speak the truth of what happened. And that was exactly what happened, but I've mentioned a few times on it. That's it. Trips, well said, bro. 100%, man. I think yeah. There's nothing more that we need to add to that. It's, that it's been an absolute pleasure. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like the fans yeah. get felt disrespected, but no, certainly not for my mum, disrespect them. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, you've been very open and transparent yeah. on this podcast. Really appreciate we it, appreciate it, and I think the Tottenham fans are going to get some closure on what actually yeah. happened because you spoke so well. And thank you again. Nah, no, anytime, guys. And hopefully, your season culminates in Champions League success hopefully. because Atletico Madrid is the team I actually want to win it now. Hopefully, hopefully we. Well, we'll have no choice with the manager here, so <laughs> <laughs> he'll make sure we're ready. He'll make sure we're ready. Great stuff. Thanks again, Kieran. And thanks right, anytime. Anytime. Great, great. great. And and thanks to all of you that have watched up until this point and listened up until this point. We're gonna call it a day there. Before we do, just a reminder, if you're not yet following it's at podcast underscore TBG and on uh, Instagram at pod underscore TBG. Um, I know we mentioned at the beginning that you can listen to our episodes on Spotify. You can also do so on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts as well. And if you are listening in on Apple Podcasts, please make sure you leave a star review. Until the next episode, over and out. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.